Chris Wendelkin. How you doing? Welcome back. This is On The Line, the NBA Deep Dive Podcast. I hope you're well. If you're new to the show, you can check out previous episodes on our website, our fancy dancy website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive, a draft. All the old episodes are up there. If you like the show, do me a favor, rate, review, subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. It really, really helps out the show's visibility, especially as people are looking for a new NBA pod. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, Ben and I are doing something a little fun, a little different today. Uh, I am going to save it all for my discussion with Ben, but uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is The Rewatchables, a new spinoff podcast from On The Line. Uh, Here it is, my conversation with the one, the only, Ben Croft. All right, we are back. Uh, On the line is Ben Croft from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ben, we have a very special podcast today. Uh, So special, Chris. So, so fucking special. We have been dying to do this. Um, So let's just dive into it, Ben. Um, We are debuting a new uh, podcast on our podcast network, the OTL Podcast Network. And it is called The Rewatchables. That's right. This is a very kind of, kind of, kind of a, kind of a lark. Uh, you know, sort of, sort of a, uh, an experimental move yeah. here um, for on the line. Uh, I know that most people, um, you know, ex- expect basketball content from us, but we're trying sure. something a little different. Yeah. Um, we it's the off season, you know. Yeah, it's the off season, and um, and you know, we were just struck with with inspiration. That's um, right. Who really knows uh, where where inspiration comes from? But we decided to to run with this kind of kind of crazy idea we had. Uh, so I hope everyone is oh, willing man. to uh, come along for the ride. Yeah, this is going to be something, Ben. Before we dive too much into the rewatchables, couple mm. uh, little housekeeping notes here at the top. First of all, Ben, our one hundredth episode, OTL one hundred, is now quickly approaching. Oh my goodness! Um, what are, what are we on now? This will be episode number ninety. So we are we are now T wow. minus what like two months, month and a half, whatever it is, just depending on how many episodes we put out in the next couple months. But OTL is OTL one hundred is fast approaching. Incredible. Uh, anything you could share with us uh, w- with the audience in advance, Ben? Anything you making any sort of preparations? Well, I think that we're gonna plan something. Uh, you know, something yes. special. A hundred is a big number. Yep. Um, it's the century mark. Um, I think that uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably um, you know figure out a way to to celebrate to commemorate uh, the, the milestone a little yeah. bit. I think that's only appropriate. Sure, sure, sure. So and yeah, then, just uh, stay stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, gonna be gonna be gonna be very exciting for sure. The other thing, Ben, is um, you may have noticed at the top of the show here uh, we are working with a new piece of music. So that's right. first things first, I want to give a shout out and say thank you to Peter, Bjorn, and John, the uh, Swedish indie pop. Uh, uh, rock band that we use their song for the last I don't know a year and a half whatever it's been uh, on the line and uh, and we uh, we want to thank them and say you guys are awesome and everyone should go out and buy their record and it's fantastic and we want to say welcome and thank you to Leatherette and that's the music that you heard at the top here of the show uh, Leatherette is a English based uh, synthy kind of house electro hip hop duo. 
uh, out of England. Ben, you actually discovered these guys. You pointed me towards them. How, how did you find these guys? Yeah, I don't, uh, honestly, I, this was a song, a uh, track that I had kind of like stumbled across uh, online years ago. Mm. Um uh, just kind of like, I think I heard it in some, uh, video, um, and just kind of like stuck in my head and I became, uh, very quickly obsessed with it. Uh, it had kind of just remained in my head for like 10 years. And then finally when we were, uh, you know, trying to figure out a, a new tune, yep. uh, for our, um, for our little podcast here, um, I actually reached out to them via email and, uh, yeah, the guys were very cool. They were like totally, uh, happy for us to, uh, to, to use the track. Um, so very cool yeah. of them. Andy Harbor, Andy Harbor and Richard Roberts of Leatherette. That's the duo. Uh, yeah. thank you guys very much. We love the song. We're super stoked yeah, from to, uh, Wolf, using Wolf it. Records, yeah. uh, I believe is the, is the label. Um, so yeah, check them out. Um, they're awesome. Obviously the track is, uh, pretty fantastic in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, very excited to, uh, welcome Leatherette. All right, Ben. Now let's just hop into it, man. Um, oh, first things first, right. Ben. So this is our first podcast on the Rewatchables, a new that's right podcast. This series. is a brand new that's right. kind of kind of experimental uh, project. New um, experimental project. You could call it kind of a sub podcast sure. within uh, the existing podcast sure. um, of On the Line. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, you know it's kind of kind of crazy, kind of a. Uh, it's an experiment. Um, we'll see what happens, yeah. Ben. I mean, it's okay, man. This is the internet. We're just taking a risk, and we'll see what happens. And yeah, we're who, just trying something new and different, and uh, <laughs> seeing seeing if it if it works. Yeah, who knows? I mean, if it's if it if this podcast becomes a viral hit, that that's great. But it's certainly not anything we're expecting. We're just doing this podcast because we feel passionate about rewatching uh, cult classic movies that are sort of underappreciated. So. So first things yeah, first, Ben. Yeah. Along with uh, with loving basketball, um, some something that our uh, listeners might not know about us, Chris, is that we are also big, big time yeah. uh, film buffs That's right. and, and and cinephiles. That's, that's right. uh, we love movies. We love flicks. We love films. Um, so we are uh, really, really excited to uh, to kind of uh, share that side of our of, of our passion uh, with our listeners. Here. Yeah. Well, um, Ben. So the the first movie that we're going to be talking about today on the rewatchables. A new podcast from On the Line is uh, is the town Ben Affleck's yeah. movie the, the Town. So let me ask you just at the top here why why are we doing this podcast? It's our first in the Rewatchables. Why are we beginning with our review and revisiting of the town? Well, so uh, as we said, the Rewatchables is a is a new idea that we had um, to uh, explore our, our love of cinema, um, and we decided you know um, to to kick things off for our inaugural episode um we really had to uh to kind of make a splash make a bang so we um figured that we would simply start with the best um the best you could call it the best movie of all time um obviously you know that's a uh, sort of a, a subjective matter uh I mean, but I'm, i i'm not gonna I, argue I, with it yeah yeah i think it's 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 certainly safe to um to to argue that it is um it could be considered the best yes um it's the best boston movie uh it's the best uh bank heist movie mm-hmm. um it's one of the greatest acting performances it's one of the greatest directing performances yep. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's frankly, it's our favorite movie. Um, so it's we one decided of the great underappreciated films. And 
unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for us, no one on a sports podcast network has ever dedicated a full episode to talking about this film. Well, that's the other really important point, Chris. Um, Not only do we consider it the best film, but I think it's a really criminally underrated and under... No one seems to want to discuss this film. Yeah, under-talked about. Uh, It's it's really kind of a cult classic um, that we um, discovered, you know, on our own, kind of organically... um, you know, years ago, I actually stumbled across it in a uh, in an art house cinema. Um, you know, uh, back back in Brooklyn, yeah, very very small venue uh, where they play you know art art films. Um, so uh, we both just kind of felt like you know what, this is a movie that more people need to know about. Yeah. Um, the Air it's Parent, a, it, it's a Goodwill Hunting. It's a sequel to Goodwill Hunting. It is a sequel to Goodwill Hunting, um, which you know I think a lot of people, a lot more people, probably know the name um, of that movie. Sure, um, the lesser but, known sequel. But I mean, it's an incredible film where the guys from Goodwill Hunting dedicate yeah. their lives to robbing banks, and oh, we man. need to discuss it at length. We need to delve in. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here, Chris. Right. So why don't we just get right yeah. into it? Yeah. Um, where to begin, Ben? I mean, anything <sighs> off the top Man. of your head you just really love about the film that you want to begin with? Well, should we start with kind of a, maybe a, a little plot synopsis? Um, yeah, that's you know, we're, we're we're assuming that the most uh, people listening to this have not seen the movie, so um, we'll uh, do you know do you the service of of. Uh, of um, you know, summing it up for you. Um, so basically, town, it's this. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a film that was made in 2010. Uh, you you fill in the blanks from here, Ben. But basically, it, it's a film about a group of Boston bank robbers who set out to make one last heist, get one last score, and they decide to rob Fenway Park. And it's mm-hmm. kind of about you know the people that get like ensnared in this whole scheme to to uh, rob Fenway Park and the and the people they meet along the way. Yeah, it's a classic story of good guys, um, meaning the uh, the merry band of bank robbers, our yes. protagonists, versus bad guys. Uh, the, the in this FBI. case, the the, F, the FBI, who are trying to chase these these men, um, uh, you know, and uh, and and try yeah. to stop them. It's from... such a shame. It's like these guys, these incredibly lovable bank robbers, just can't get a break from the FBI, who are bad people like the fbi are very mean they're very corrupt and they want nothing but bad things for our that's right yeah yeah um yeah so it's just it's a real morality tale um and uh yeah so basically the movie starts out with this with this big bank heist um and in the in the uh course of robbing this bank um our four protagonists uh there's like a, a bit of a mishap um mm. uh things go wrong and they have to uh kidnap the bank manager oh um who is a female uh played by rebecca hall uh so, the character's name is is claire kesey oh geez so i okay i was actually under the pressure it was the, the character's name was mini driver played by the actress rebecca <laughs> hall but uh i guess Oh, I guess in the uh, yeah they did like an extended cut, and then I think I guess they did rename her. What so what's right. her well, name? what's the character? Obviously, name? Uh, initially, you know, the the role was uh, was supposed to be played by by Minnie Driver, as okay. it was the same character from Goodwill Hunting. Okay, um, you know, you know, continued into the sequel. Okay, I see. Um, I see. Yeah, but I guess so she wasn't we'll, available. There was some kind of a contract dispute. So Mini Driver had to drop out. Claire, uh, or tragically, I, I feel like the names are sort of interchangeable. But yeah, go sure. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so Claire is the bank manager. She gets kidnapped um, by the robbers, and then they let her go without harming her, um, mm. which is very important because they are good guys. Yes. Um, they're not bad guys. Yes. Um, 
Uh, and specifically, I mean, at this point, we should probably mention that the main character, the main good guy, the best guy, the hero of the film, yeah. is played by Ben Affleck. That's right. Um, who is also the director. In really a breakout performance, I would say. I'd say. You know, it's kind of the movie that put him on the map, Chris. Um, sure. I would say we have the town to thank for... Um, you know, for, for Ben Affleck's ascent to Hollywood royalty, yes. um, to superstardom, international yes. superstardom. Um, he is, he you plays, know, what can we say about Ben Affleck? I mean, he's, he's In this film, he plays the role of uh, Damon, I believe the character's name is, uh, is it, uh, or Doug, <laughs> sorry. It's Doug. Doug. It's Doug the townie. Yeah. Oh, Doug the townie. Doug thought, the townie. For some reason, I thought uh, his pals called him Damon, but uh, yeah, mm. Doug. Um, it's confusing, yeah. Yeah, so, but yes, Doug, uh, Ben Affleck is our hero of the film. Um, he's the central heartthrob bank robber with a good heart. Oh um, yeah, heart exactly. You described it perfectly. He's he's got a heart of gold, and he's yes. also a heartthrob, Chris. Yes, um, yes. I mean that is really the defining characteristic um, uh, of Doug the Townie. He's a big time hunk. Um, mm. He is. Um, but ben, I, the uh, thing is, he's kind of down on his luck a little bit. Like well, he, I, I mean, he's definitely like. Don't get me wrong. He's a total heartthrob. He's a hunk. But there is something like a little sad about him too. Like in yeah, like a, he's working through some stuff in his life. He's Let's, just going through. Like he's definitely gone through hard times. Like he was, yeah. I mean, he, we'll talk about all this at length, but, like, obviously, like, he was drafted to the NHL, and it did not work out. Like, his mother uh, was not around when he was a child. His his dad is in jail. Like, yeah. he's definitely, yeah. like, he's a, he's, he's a recovering addict. Like, he goes to AA. Like, he's kind of got a lot of stuff going on. So, even though yeah. he is incredibly he's ex- handsome and charming and has incredible abs, like, he hmm. does, he is going through some personal struggles. Yeah, it's. Um, I think one of the great feats that the movie pulls off, Chris, is that um, despite um, Doug the townie being, you know, just an irresistible hunk and a stud, he's also a very sympathetic figure. Yeah. Um, you know, you you really feel sorry for him uh, the entire time, as you said. Um, so Doug's backstory, yeah, he he was a a drug and alcohol addict, um, but now he goes to AA. Yeah. Um, he's really he's really cleaning up his life. Um, he does still commit violent bank robberies, but um, you know that's you know what are you going to do? Yeah. He all, he he um, he doesn't drink alcohol anymore. He drinks juice when he goes to a bar. That's right. Um, ben, which, uh, sorry to go on a tangent here, but do you remember the scene? <laughs> do you remember the scene where Affleck is at AA? I think it's the first time uh-huh. we see him go to AA. And, yeah. the, and the guy is telling the story at the front of the room about um, he's in Alaska and it's, he's mm-hmm. like in this massive stuck in, stuck in the snowstorm. He's stuck yeah. in this massive snowstorm, and he runs into a he runs into a priest. No, he runs into a priest she at a bar. Pulls up a chair. The guy says, "Hey, wait a minute." He says, "I hate to tell you this. Don't waste your time." But I happen to know there's no God. The priest says, "Yeah, how's that?" The guy says, uh, "I was an explorer in the North Pole." I got caught in a blinding storm once, freezing. I was blind to freezing death, and I prayed, if there's a God, save me now. Now, God didn't come. The priest says, you know, how's that? I says, you're alive. He must have saved me. He says, no, God never showed up. An Eskimo came along, took me back to his camp and saved me. That's Janice. She's my wife, and she's sitting right there. She's my Eskimo. And that Eskimo turned out to be his wife. 
Mm-hmm. And Janice. I, yeah. She's my Eskimo, and she's sitting right there. She, yep. <laughs> yeah, if that doesn't... I mean, if, if that doesn't, like, hit the nail on the head of something, like... <laughs> it's definitely something. So my theory, Chris, is that this whole movie is actually about Doug looking for his Eskimo. Stick with me here. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. This this might seem like kind of a you know a harebrained uh, theory. No. But um, so you know when the movie starts out, Doug is down on his luck. He's a lonely guy. He's working through some stuff. Um, uh, we should probably uh, mention now at this point uh, the other uh, female uh, 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 main character yeah. is um, his uh, sort of girlfriend slash baby mama slash. Um, uh, accomplice in, in his life mm. of crime. Mm. Um, uh, that would be Krista, Krista. Um, yeah. played by, uh, frankly, my dream woman, um, uh, uh, Blake Lively. Um, ben, some people wait. might say that's TMI, but not on the not on the rewatch. Wait, wait, wait. Quick, quick aside, Chris. Pop, pop quiz. Um, would you rather solve world hunger, uh, world poverty? Um, uh, prevent, uh, find a way to to prevent and reverse uh, global climate change, <laughs> or make out with Blake Lively. God, that's a that's a really tough one, man. I would make out with Blake Lively. I'll yeah, tell you right I now. Um, and you're married. Yeah, you know, you're, you're a married, happily married. I, man, I have a beautiful wife and yeah. child, but I, uh, you I know, think even I got to be honest with you. I would throw it all away. Yeah. No, I would. I wouldn't even. I would just walk away sure. if I could just have one night right. uh, with Blake Lively, my dream woman. Um, sure. uh, oh my gosh! I mean, wow. a tour de force performance in this film from Blake Lively. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. really great. She's fantastic. Um, like I said, my dream woman. However, as as a sign of just like how kind of cool and awesome and admirable uh, Doug Vitowney is, he uh, he gets to have sex with Blake Lively, um, and he doesn't even like have to try. Like he does absolutely nothing. He completely ignores Meaning, her. Are you saying Ben that like he literally is just sitting on his love seat and she like lets Dude, herself into so... his apartment and he doesn't even get out of the love seat? Like she oh my just, god, she just she just meets him. You know, sometimes there's that expression like meet me halfway. He doesn't mm-hmm. even have no, to no, meet no, her no, 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 not Doug. No, just, no, no. No, she, Doug is such a fucking badass. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. He just sits and and gets to watch his TV. Yeah. Um. And she and she just uh, comes into his his room, climbs yeah. on top of him, and starts having sex with him. He has to make no effort whatsoever. In fact, if anything, he he uh, takes great pains to to push her away and yeah. push her out of his life. Um. Uh. And yet, still, she finds him so irresistible. Um. That she just uh. You know, she just has sex with him. Um. Almost against his will. Mm. Uh. It's it's very cool and very manly and badass my god i am very envious of doug in those scenes let's just uh, let's just uh, leave it at that i think that's enough from you about blake lively i'm sorry i'm sorry i can't i can't contain myself um uh, my, my heart's racing a little bit here let me let me uh Take a second to calm down. So where were we here? Um, so yeah, so so Doug has this one female in his life, uh, uh, Chris, Krista, mm-hmm. um, but he's not satisfied with that. He's looking for more. Um, so when he uh, when he robs his uh, the, the the bank with his buddies, yeah. um, and they take this um, other woman uh, hostage, um, he realizes, oh, hang on a second. Maybe, um, maybe she will be you know the 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 thing that I'm really looking for here. So. 
Um, so basically, long story short, they they take her hostage following the robbery, then they let her go. Um, but then it turns out that she lives in the same neighborhood, like a few blocks away from them. Oh my god! Um, yeah, which is a crazy twist. Oh uh, my god! Like that incre- is gonna incredible be... piece of writing. That plot twist right there. That is gonna be a real problem for our yeah. gang of robbers. Yeah. So one of the guys um, in the in the group, Jim, um, who's played by the the fabulous Jeremy Renner. Although this was, uh, again, this, this role um, was, uh, uh, was played by Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. Um, and they, uh, you know, they were desperate to get, to get uh, Robin back uh, to, uh, to play the role of Jem, sure. the bank robber in, in the town. Um, but Robin Williams, I think, was, um, you know, had like a scheduling conflict, so they, uh, they couldn't cast him. It's not your fault. Yeah, uh, sadly. Well, I'll say, I mean, Renner pinch hitting for Williams was Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he comes, I mean, he, he steps up. Yeah, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to the sequel of, of Good Will Hunting was yeah. uh, Robin Williams being busy because what? Renner turns in a... Uh, just a tour de force performance. It's true. When I first saw Renner, I was really disappointed that it wasn't Robin Williams um, under that robber mask. Um, but then, uh, you know, as the movie goes on, you realize, okay, Renner, you know, he, he kind of steals the movie sure. um, in, in a way. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so Jim, uh, Jim's character uh, suggests that they uh, go and murder uh, Claire um, to take care of, uh, of that little, you know, uh, inconvenience. Um, what a but hot Doug, head, dude. I mean, he's a real yeah, he's, hothead. Oh yeah, yeah. So Jem, as you as we'll discuss at length, Jem um, is a uh, a bit of a a loose cannon. He's yeah, a, um, I think you could yeah. say that, Ben. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, pretty he's, nuts. Did you say your name was Jim or Jem? Uh, well, it's both actually. Um, teachers, when we're growing up, you know, they used to always say, "Hey, you can have this one. He's a real gem." So I guess it kind of stuck. Yeah, he's a bit of a psycho, um, and that's going to pro- uh, prove to be another challenge that our protagonist hero, Doug, uh, uh, will have to contend with. Um, but anyway, so Doug suggests, um, oh, no, let's not kill her. Let's just stalk her, mm. um, uh, and I'll be the one to do that to make sure that you know nothing, nothing bad happens um, with her. Um, so, so he ends up stalking her, um, follows her into a laundromat, uh, where he plays like uh, a nice, you know, sweet uh, a heartthrob hunk, um, which she, of course, immediately falls for. One of the um, amazing things about that scene, Ben, is um, when uh, so so uh, Affleck is just sitting there, like he's like reading a magazine or something, mm-hmm. and and uh, Minnie is just doing her laundry. Or um, Claire, I should I should call her Claire. Yeah, Claire. Claire mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. doing her laundry. And at this point, like, she's met with the FBI. It's pretty, cl- like, she's pretty terrified. And, sh- you know, she's like, oh, yeah, this up. is this is days after the robbery. So um, she's like, she's, pretty clearly, she's suffering she's pretty clearly, post-traumatic. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty clearly having some, like, PTSD at this point. So she's, oh, yeah, absolutely. She, she's just at the laundromat doing, you know, like, doing her laundry. And uh, she sees Affleck, who's just, you know, just this hunk in the neighborhood doing his laundry as well. And she's like, oh, excuse me, um... Uh, do you do you happen? I'm just doing my laundry. Do you happen to have any extra quarters? And he's like, no. And what's amazing, Ben, is like we know that he just robbed a bank. Like he's, <laughs> I don't know, has like I think like ninety to a hundred thousand dollars. Like he's flush in cash. Oh, 
Oh yeah, it's, that's like, that's called that's called dramatic irony. Yeah, it turns out he actually has lots of quarters. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Then like he, it's uh, brilliant writing. Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, I mean, it's just a bold move. Like, if you took someone hostage and proceeded yeah. to give that person like severe PTSD, and then mm-hmm. would, and then you were stalking her. Or mm-hmm. him or her, and then ran mm-hmm. into him or her at the laundromat, and all they wanted in exchange for like the psychological torture that you put them through, the physical violence, the emotional trauma, all they actually wanted at the end of the day was like twenty to seventy-five cents from you, so they could finish doing their laundry. And then you said no. I mean, oh, that's a it's bold a, move, man. It's like, such a power move. Yeah, it's yeah. a bold move. Oh yeah, yeah. it's so badass. Um, uh, and yeah, what's really incredible about this scene, Chris, is that, um, as we said, the, the, this uh, interaction in the laundromat happens just uh, mere days after the robbery. And um, and uh, keep in mind now that uh, Ben Affleck, Doug, the townie, is the guy who personally um, uh, was was speaking with Claire during the robbery, telling her to open the safe, um, giving her all the all the directions on uh, how to, how to let them rob her uh, and her bank. Um, and uh, however, you might think, oh, well, you know, maybe she wouldn't recognize his voice because he had on a mask. He had they, they were all wearing, um, you know, yeah. very scary uh, robber masks. Um, but then later on in the van, after they have kidnapped her and taken her hostage, they remove their masks because at this point she's blindfolded. So, of course, it's totally safe for them to all remove their masks um, and just uh, begin speaking to each other uh, in her presence. Um, and at that point, um, Ben Affleck, without a mask on, uh, continues speaking to her, um, telling her uh, that they won't harm her, that no one's going to get hurt, mm-hmm. um, yada, yada. Um, you know, uh, we don't see this on screen, but but presumably when they stop and let her out of the van, he's yeah. the one who tells her to, uh, you know, walk until her feet touch water, all that stuff. Um, so she's heard this guy's voice unobstructed, yes. um, uh, d- you know, directly into her ear during a uh, an incredibly traumatic, uh, tense, and unforgettable um, situation. Um, however, um, just days later, when she hears the exact same voice from that from that man, she does not put it together. Um, which is critical because it really that's the thing that kind of allows the entire rest of the movie to happen. So I think it was a really, really smart choice yeah. um, on just the part of the filmmakers say to uh, here. And this is maybe like a bigger thematic thing, but you're on the topic of like Affleck's voice. And I just something I really love about this film is, you know, like obviously we're talking about like this like glorification of like violence and guns. The way they do it vis-a-vis the Bostonian accent is just mm. awesome. And Ben, it's like when you do anything, like literally anything with a Boston accent, it's really cool. And oh, yeah. Like yeah. what could be more charming and endearing than like robbing a bank, beating up the security staff and taking a cute brunette cash attendant hostage in the process, all while dropping your hard R's and taking mm-hmm. and taking, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the end of your words and using like a long A sound. That means like the word car, we would pronounce it car is actually pronounced ka or the word mm-hmm. beer can, you know, would now be pronounced beer. And like, mm. that's important, Ben, because beer and cars are both very prominent components in this film the town you know like our Mm -hmm. heroes they love robbing banks they they have cars they destroy their getaway cars and Mm -hmm. then what do they what do they do they wash away their troubles with alcohol and oxycontin and Mm -hmm. man Mm -hmm. man i just if that sort of behavior doesn't endear you 
you know, to like a film audience, then I don't really know what will. And it's so lovable. It's so it's such classic Boston behavior. Yes. I think it, at this point, Chris, we should probably talk about um, the city of Boston. Okay. Um, because I think it, a case could be made that it is sort of one of the characters in this movie, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, so uh, we should point out at the very beginning of the film, uh, the movie starts out um, with some uh, on-screen text, uh, a, a prologue yep. um, that reads, um, quote, one blue-collar Boston neighborhood has produced more bank robbers and armored car thieves than anywhere in the world. Mm. Um, Southie. Which, uh, Is it Southie? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's actually... Um, uh, Charlestown. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but um, uh, so yeah. Good of course, uh, takes place in Southie, and then the sequel is in Charlestown. Right. It's okay. kind of a, a Boston, uh, you know, love story. Um, in fact, uh, that uh, little uh, piece of trivia for you, Chris. Um, the town was actually initially titled the Bean Town. Oh, um, I didn't know. But that. then they decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They they decided to, to shorten it. Okay. Uh, for the movie for the movie poster because there wasn't enough space to write the Bean Town. Okay. Um, so they just decided to, to go with the town. Um, but um, but then another uh, another bit of text um, following that first one uh, has a quote from a federal agent that says, "quote Bank robbery became like a trade in Charlestown." passed down father to son wow um which is really uh just warms your heart um you know and it really makes you father um, and son think about how kind of how cool bank robbery is and how cool bank robbers are um and um huh. and yeah it, it's just uh, i mean it's so classic boston um honey maybe I we sh- can have a boy one day and raise him to be a robber like me yeah yeah, um, and it's it's incredible just how accurate uh, this this movie is about everything, um, how authentic it is. Um, sure. You may not know this, Chris, but I actually lived in Boston um, wow. for yeah for about eight weeks in the summer of two thousand, and I got to tell you. Um, every one of these characters is so true to life. Um, it, I knew all these guys. Um, sure. uh, you know, mo- uh, most of my friends that I made when I was living there uh, were bank robbers and um, work. They were just like by day, and then when they're not doing yeah. that, they're robbing banks. Exactly. They put on the hard hat. They they had their sand and gravel job. Yes. Um, and then on the weekends, they would they would stick up armored cars and trucks and banks. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of, you know, what life is like there. Um, it's so authentic. Ben, what were the names of some of your friends? Was, did you have any friends named like Chucky or Fergie or like Rusty or like, or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, that's a good, that's a, uh, funny you ask, uh, Chris, because so, um, there's a, a point in the movie where, um, uh, the uh, the FBI is kind of doing their um, their kind of like educational rundown of the crew uh, and and like telling all the um, the other FBI task force members kind of like what the lowdown is and um, and one of the FBI uh, uh, special agents a guy named Dino um, oh, yeah. uh, he's talking he's talking about one of the one of the four crew members of Doug's crew mm-hmm. a guy named Albert McGlone um, AKA Glones uh, and and Dino at one point says. Albert McGlone. Only in Boston is a guy named Albert McGlone. Which, when he said that, I was like, oh, Dino, so true. true. When I was living there in 2000, I actually knew six different Albert McGlones. Um, So it's really amazing how they nail, you know, it's just the little details like that. Um, It's like, it's just, you know, it's all the little things that that really uh, paint a picture uh, and and make you really feel like you're, you know, you're there, you're living in this reality. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's just a, a masterful, masterful filmmaking and, and writing. Um, so, um, I mean, actually, uh, while we're on the topic, Chris, yeah. uh, can I ask you, do you have a list of, uh, of greatest Boston movies? Oh, list of greatest Boston movies. I mean, off the top of my head, I have, so, I mean, obviously we're doing this podcast, so I would put the Goodwill Hunting, um, tr- uh, not trilogy, but like I would put the Goodwill du- Duology, is that what you call I it? I guess you would just call it the franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, the, GWH. The, uh, the, cin- the cinematic universe. Yeah, GWH part one, and then The Town, which is part two. Um, God, beyond that. So would that be like tied for number one? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe, maybe when we do the Goodwill Hunting rewatchables, um, it'll, I'll, I'll flip it. But right now, I think the town is probably my number one seed. And mm-hmm. then uh, I got Goodwill Hunting. Um, and then from there, gosh, I'm kind of torn. Uh, that movie, what was it? Daniel Stern. Do you remember that movie about this or Celtic pride? Celtic pride is the movie. Celtic pride. Yep. Classic Boston movie. Um, Mm -hmm. gosh, then I don't know anything else. Like what what comes to your mind? Classic Boston movies. Yeah. I've got, um, I've, I've got a little, uh, top 10 list. Um, I actually, uh, had to make a top thing. The departed. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that didn't actually make my list. Um, yeah, but if you want to know, here's here's my uh, my my list. Uh, number one, obviously, is the town. Yeah. Uh, n- number two, Mystic Pizza. Sure. Um, with uh, you know, with Julia Roberts. Number three, Ghost Dad. Number four, uh, Meet Wally Sparks. Uh, uh, classic Boston movie with yeah. uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, number five, I have Shrek three. Number six, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. It's not your fault. Uh, number seven, Rango. Number eight, Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, number nine, The Revenant. Uh, uh, number ten, Mr. Popper's Penguins, and then number eleven, in which I know it's a top ten list, but I I just can't uh, ha- have this list without um, this classic Boston film, Jack Reacher, at number eleven. Gotcha. Uh, and that's just off the top of your head, like that's mm-hmm. no preparation when it's yeah. Like, you just rattled that off, like always, just always thinking about I, these kind of listen, things. Listen, always like we said, Chris. <laughs> hey, we're we're film buffs here. We're cinephiles. Right. Uh, I take this stuff really seriously. I keep I keep these these lists in my head. You know, pretty much. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, hey, it's it's just Let it's what I think you, about man. all the time. Uh, you mentioned spending a summer in 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 uh, in Boston. Were you there during the filming of Fever Pitch, the Jimmy Fallon Drew Barrymore classic about the Red Sox um, winning the World Series? Oh, I guess that was that that was probably a few. Years that was after. a few years later. Yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. So, gosh, where were we here? Getting back into uh, the plot of the town. So, yeah. So, so Ben Affleck has stalked um, his prey. Uh, I mean, his. Uh, love interest um uh they uh obviously hit it off immediately because ben affleck uh doug the townie is um just an absolute stud i mean this guy as you mentioned uh uh briefly uh his abs are absolutely shredded up um his arms are jacked um he's got uh, a scene we got an incredible scene here where affleck is working on his six-pack at Mm. his home uh, mm-hmm. Flipping a hockey puck and practicing sobriety all in the same night, just working on a cranberry juice. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, on his just abs, and then thinking f- about how he can clean up his life, shirtless, and, uh, and then just flipping that hockey puck on the stick, all while kind of figuring out the, how he's going to rob the next bank. But also, he's yeah. got this—he's got this wonderful lady in his life too. Yeah, yeah, um, it's true. I think I think that's kind of the the, the, the turning point in a way for him because he realizes he has something to live for. Um, uh, this this new love in his life, um, 
So, uh, so yeah, Doug and Doug the townie and Claire start up this, uh, you know, torrid uh, relationship um, in which he uh, stalks her, uh, completely takes advantage of her uh, severe uh, PTSD and emotional um, inst- in- instability and fragility. Um, and uh, and takes advantage of that uh, and uh, and actually ends up sleeping with her um, uh, very quickly after they begin dating. Of course, all the while uh, hiding the fact that he was um, the the man that uh, robbed and kidnapped her. Um, you know what I love, Ben, is that Affleck uses robbing a bank and taking a hostage as a way to open someone up. Like, Mm -hmm. Claire just needed to see what, like, an incredible person Affleck was. Like, she just, she needed to go on that journey. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, she's lived, she's lived a very sheltered life up to this point, hasn't she? She's kind of, um, you know, the out-of-towner. This is kind of an opportunity for her to grow. Um, yeah, I think that's really true. I think in a way, Doug Doug really helps her. So it's kind of a situation where she actually says to Affleck, like, thank you. Like, thank you for helping me to help me grow, to help to teach me new things. I think, um, I think to illustrate that, um, I kind of want to zero in on uh, their first love scenes together, <laughs> which is um, really one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Um, so... <clears throat> By this point, they've known each other for, I don't know, maybe a week. They've gone on, like, a couple of dates. Um, of course, the, their first date uh, <laughs> have ha- gone, has... Have we gone on a boat at this point? Remind yeah, me. yeah. So their first date has uh, Doug uh, breaking into uh, some random person's boat, which he claims uh, is uh, belongs to a friend of his. We um, should also say that um, Aflac takes her to a very fancy restaurant where they eat mm-hmm. oysters. They're, yeah, there are oysters they're there. They're drinking, like expensive looking wine and it's like wow mm-hmm. Affleck must be doing really well at that construction he, job but then it dawns on me Ben it's like holy crap he's probably using that money that he stole from the bank and Ooh. stole from oh. the bank where Claire works to oh pay wow I never this, even put that together yeah, he's dude, literally this, winding and dining yes. her with the money that he stole this from her this whole elaborate date it's a ruse like he really uh, can't afford this lifestyle it's the whole uh, thing is a fantastic. charade Ben and it's like because there's so be- many layers to this movie it's because he's it's, insecure man like he's trying he's just trying to impress her because he cares about her so he thinks right like, he thinks the way to win a woman over is just to like lavish her in these like expensive things like champagne and like ooh oysters and fancy restaurant but like that's not what people really care about like people just they'll, they'll love you they'll love you for you you know like they don't love you for your money ben yeah um, that's really true. I think, yeah, I, th- I think Doug does definitely does have like a bit of an inferiority complex. And so he's so he like, steals a boat. You know, yeah. Yeah. So he's working through all those feelings. He's trying to, to prove himself, you know, adequate, um, how does that to, uh, to, to Claire. Remind me how that goes down. He's like, have you ever been on a boat? And she's like, no. And he's like, how'd you like to go on one sometime? She's like, yeah, that'd be nice. He'd be like, and he's like, how about we do it right now? Yeah, and then exactly. And then cut boat. to him, him breaking into a boat, uh, cracking open uh, a locked 
a, a locked wine fridge so he can uh, find some champagne to steal and give to her. The yeah. guy just loves stealing. It's just what, you know, it's in his blood. It's what well, he does. he's certainly um, good at it, man. I mean, I, yeah. wow, he's good at it. Um, right. I mean, save for the fact that um, their first, uh, the first robbery in the movie, um, you know, has them basically botching the job and, and um, having to take a completely unnecessary uh, hostage um but uh, but besides that, he's he's really good at at, um, at bank robbing. Um, but wait, I want to get back to yeah. the uh, the love scene here because sure, 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 um, sure. it's so amazing. So so Doug and Claire are uh, are in Claire's apartment um, because of course Doug will not uh, allow her to see where he lives um, since he is of course hiding uh, his true identity from her. Um, but so he's they're, a at, they're at, at MIT. Oh uh, no, he's a uh, sorry, he's a construction <laughs> worker. Sorry. Yeah, right. He's a he's an MIT Harvard uh, construction janitor. <laughs> Um, who, uh, who breaks, breaks rocks in Harvard Yard. Um, and, uh, but so anyway, so, so, uh, so they're in Claire's apartment and there's a, there's a, a, a really fantastic little foreplay scene, um, where he is, uh, he's opening up to her, um, and really, uh, ex- you know, exposing a, a vulnerable side to himself. Um, and he's telling her all about his youth, um, how uh, how he was a real uh, piece of shit when he was uh, a younger man. Mm. He blew his chance at pro hockey. Mm. Um, uh, he was uh, he was given a, a you know chance after chance and uh, and continued to to blow those as well um, because of his just kind of like cocky attitude. Um, it turns we f- we find out later that he would uh, he he would get involved with uh, uh, in fights with his teammates and yeah. uh, and uh, he was uh, you know messed up on drugs and stuff at the time. Um, so, uh, so he really, uh, you know, threw it all away and he's telling her all about this, how he was just a, you know, a garbage person, piece of shit. And she's just looking at him so longingly, yeah. just like staring into his eyes yeah. because, you know, when you, when you have a guy, uh, a hunk like, uh, like Doug the Townie, um, telling you all about what a piece of shit he is, um, all you can think is, is damn, I need to it's get in this guy's pants. very humbling, um, Ben. It's very humbling. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a it's such a a, a a moment of vulnerability that she just can't resist. Well, vulnerability um, is so, strength, Ben. Like that's what it's we true. love about Affleck. Like, yes, he's a vulnerable yeah, bank robber. And like he's the a, way he, he like kind of he robs banks. He's he shoots guns at people, but like it doesn't mean he doesn't feel bad sometimes. Like, of course he does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's not a perfect guy. He's just trying to trying to work things out. Hey, and, Ben, you guess know, just what? To... I'm not interested in seeing a movie about a perfect guy. I kind of yeah. Maybe I kind of like exactly. my heroes to have a little bit of a uh, flaw uh, like maybe yeah. like maybe it's okay to have a flawed hero ben did you, you know what chris this isn't this isn't a movie for for kids okay this isn't some fairy tale this is a, a true story um about a, tr- a real person uh yes. doug the townie he's an and, imperfect and his... hero okay like yes yeah he has a troubled he has a troubled background okay his history isn't perfect he wasn't maybe he wasn't like maybe he wasn't like the perfect student maybe he wasn't a straight a student maybe he never got into harvard okay but uh, yes it didn't work out in the nhl but that doesn't mean he isn't worthy of love ben Exactly, exactly. Um, so to that point, um, after uh, telling Claire all about his uh, troubled past, um, he, he, he just goes right in for a kiss. Uh, the kiss lasts literally about six seconds. And then he says, quote, hey, I don't want to rush anything, but can we go into your room? Wow. Um, Claire, uh, of course, at this point, uh, is just, uh, ho- has hopelessly fallen for him. She does the kind of like hem and haw face for about like a second and a half, then says yes. Next scene, cut to the two of them boning in bed. Um, uh, it's so awesome. Doug, uh, you know, totally seals the deal. He gets the girl, um, you know, she, you know, whatever. She may be his uh, PTSD suffering uh, kidnap and robbery victim, 
Um, but uh, but she doesn't know that, and uh, and it's all good because Doug um, is a hunk, and he's he's just really cool. Some people might consider him like, like a total psychopath. Well, listen, there's an argument to be made that what he what Doug does is like t- is basically tantamount to like rape. Um, but I, I you know whatever I'm gonna look past that. Um, because yeah. man, these two on screen they've got just incredible chemistry. Um, I mean, boy, like when you got Ben Affleck um, and, and Mini Driver, uh, you know, the sparks are flying. It's not Affleck's first rodeo in terms of, you know, these sensitive love scenes. Uh, as you pointed out to me yesterday when we were talking offline, you know, of course, you called back to the film Armageddon. Uh, yeah. Piv- pivotal scene between uh, Affleck and Liv Tyler. Of course, they're just laying out like the grassy meadow and... They have these animal crackers. And mm, the famous animal crackers. Yep. And God, Affleck just, he just knows how to like woo. I guess he just knows how to like, he's a ladies man. You know? He's got moves. The guy has game. You can't deny it. You can't um, deny it. And he affects a sort of, uh, what was it like? Uh, oh, Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. I feel like he was like channeling. <laughs> rest in peace? Yeah, rest in peace. He like channels his inner Steve Irwin. He got like a little animal cracker discovery channel thing happening right here. <laughs> Watch the gazelle as he grazes through the open plains. <laughs> now look, as the cheetah approaches. Watch as he stalks his prey. Now the gazelle's a little spooked. And he could head north to the ample sustenance provided <laughs> by the mountainous peaks above. <laughs> he could go south. The gazelle now faces man's most perilous question. North or south. Way down under. Should we talk a little bit now about the... Um the the cat and mouse game between uh, the robbers and the bad guys in the movie, uh, the FBI. Yeah, um, I mean... Por- portrayed by FBI Special Agent Frawley. So um, I think, Ben, this just basically comes down to, like, the square John Hamm versus our lovably flawed hero, Ben mm-hmm. Affleck. And let me, let me just begin here, like, with a hot take, Ben... Um, John Hamm is a square man. He is a, uh, he's such a dork. He's a total dork. Ben, he's just trying to ruin the fun the Affleck, entire movie. Yes, Affleck has some personal <laughs> he has some personal issues which we've talked about. He's a little rough around the edges. I'm still rooting for him. That's what oh, yeah. I love about the town. Even though oh, these guys By the way, this the scene where where Doug and Jem go to uh go to uh violently terrorize the um Dominicans? The, the the Dominicans. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second because sure. so <laughs> I mean, just to just to kind of like add to um, you know the the good guy uh, sort of heroic um, nature of of Affleck's character, um, Claire tells him about uh, this time when she's walking home and some some kids on the street like threw beer bottles at her, um, and Doug, uh, being a gentleman, gesture being, of love, yeah, being a real um, you know sort of a, a knight in shining armor, um, he says, "Oh, describe these guys to me, Claire." So she does. Mm. Um, cut to uh, Doug uh, asking Jem, "Hey, um, uh, I need your help. Uh, we're gonna go fuck some people up. You can't ask me about it." Sure. Um, and of course, Jem, being like the you know the cool friend, is like, "Hell yeah, I'm down." Uh, so they show up at these guys' house. Um, 
uh, with with sledgehammers and guns. Uh, um, Doug, totally uh, normal thing that anyone who's in love would do. Yeah, because he he is in love. He wants to protect his um, his damsel in distress, Claire. Yes. Um, so he shows up. Um, you know, without uh, uh, you know, fully confirming whether or not these are in fact the men who were um, harassing her on the street. Um, he smashes uh, one of them over the head with the beer bottle, uh, proceeds to dig the, uh, the broken edge of the beer bottle into the guy's skull, um, then uh, smashes his hand with a sledgehammer, um, and, um, and really, you know, really lets him have it, really makes him pay for their, for their crimes, um, as any uh, gentleman would do uh, for his, for his l- lovely lady. Um, but then uh, Jim, showing his true, uh, you know, sort of... Um, uh, unpredictable kind of wild card uh, uh, personality uh, takes out a gun and, and shoots the guy in the leg multiple times. Um, and then Doug, since Doug is a good guy, he's like, "Dude, like you can't be doing that." Um, it, like, do you remember that scene yes. in, the, in the car ride of afterward? Of course. Um, and Doug is like, "Man, you really lost your cool back there. I, you know, you can't be like shooting guys in the leg." Yep. You know, all I wanted to do was uh, was jab a, a, a smashed beer bottle into the guy's head and then uh, shatter his entire hand with a sledgehammer. You can't be like shooting him in the leg. Jeez. Yeah. Like keep it like pull it together, yeah, man. man. It's um, a little so Doug. Yeah, Doug really really shows um, his 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 good heart there. His true colors, tr- totally. Yeah, yeah. But um, like back to what you're talking about here. So we have the good guys, which is the robbers, and the bad guys, which is the FBI. And like, yeah, dude. Like, yes. So we know, like, okay, Affleck and Renner and our friends. Yes, they have some. They do some questionable stuff, right? Like they they're into robbing. I mean, bank. questionable. If if by questionable you mean like fun and cool, fun and cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, they rob like, banks. like bad like bad bad boy stuff. I mean, you are know? they? They're str- bad, they're, let's be clear, they're bad boys. Are they struggling with maybe some personal demons? Maybe. I mean, like drugs and women and using sure. semi-automatic weapons and maybe some mild, uh, vague racism. But like, hey, we we are definitely pulling through our group of bad boys. But of course, but, but, but the FBI. FBI, Ben, those are the true bad guys here, if you ask yeah. me. Ben, yeah. do you remember the scene where Claire uh, Claire mentions in passing to her boyfriend, uh, who is a bank robber, Ben Affleck, that she is maybe in conversation with the FBI, and she asks mm-hmm. what she should do. And oh, yeah. what does Affleck suggest? He says, um, listen, you have leverage over the FBI. You you can choose when you want to play your card. I mean, yes, you can cooperate them and talk with them if you want, but mm-hmm. you could also not cooperate with them. Uh, it's a masterful stroke wow. by by Doug. Yeah, I mean, because never cooperate yeah. with the FBI, Ben. You have leverage against the FBI, and when the situation presents itself, Ben. <laughs> You play that card to your advantage. Well, it's important to remember here that um, Doug the townie um, is in is in love. Um, he um, he wants to have sex with Claire, um, but uh, it's it's also critical to remember that he also doesn't want her to talk to the FBI no. because then he'll have to stop robbing banks. Um, and, and and he also um, might get know, in trouble maybe. for what he did, which was illegal and a felony. Right, right. So he's like, okay, what I really want to try to do here is have sex with this woman, um, so and also um, get away make with sure, yeah, yeah, and also make sure that she doesn't blow my cover, um, so, so that I can keep robbing the, banks with my boys. He wants the best of both worlds, I guess. Is yeah, what you're saying. and 
And guess what? He he pulls it off yeah. because he's you know he's Ben Affleck. Sure. Um, so so yeah. So the FBI special agent played by uh, by um, Don Draper. Yeah, yeah. Don um, Draper, a the real fucking, square, a real yeah, a real straight arrow, fucking fucking suit. Always yeah, always wearing a button down shirt and a necktie. Oh, um, what a snooze. Yeah, with his with his fucking combed hair, yeah. all clean clean shaven. Um, yeah, just a real loser. Um, so he's hunting, uh, the, the good guys. Um, and at one point, in case it's at all unclear, um, so, um, so the, uh, the, the, the second of the three big, uh, robbery scenes in the movie is when they mm. stick up the armored truck on the, the truck. uh, and the, 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 the infamous North End, uh, Boston scene. What a scene, um, huh? Yeah, such a such a heart pounding, uh, uh, action packed uh, sequence. Um, I told you you should have but, stayed uh, in the van, isn't that what he said? Or stayed in the truck? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, should have stayed in the truck. Yeah. So these guys are professionals. Um, you know, they run a tight ship. So of course they uh, botch their second robbery as well, and they have to uh, flee the scene uh, under heavy gunfire from the police. Um, uh, one of the guards uh, uh, in the truck is uh, shot and almost killed. Mm. Um, but our but our but our boys get away, um, and then following that uh, that uh, you know pulse pounding action scene, um, FBI Special Agent Frawley, played by Don Draper, says, "quote This is the not fucking around crew." Yep. At which point I just had to stand up and clap my hands what? and pump my fist my fi- and say. Uh-huh. Hell yes, yeah. the not fucking around crew. What? These guys are the best of the best. Yep. They rob banks. Yep. They always get away. Yep. They always get their get yep. their their money yep. and their women and their drugs. One of my favorite and parts is uh, actually after the first initial robbery when when Draper finds um, the torched van. He looks mm-hmm. at it and what's he say? It's all like all charred. He's like, it's a pro job. It's like yeah, yep. yeah, it is, Draper. You are in for a long few hours of a film, and my man. Yeah, like, you're gonna be chasing exactly. these guys. They you are, are not going to catch these guys at least until the very next job that they Sorry, try to pull. Sorry, Draper. Good luck next time. These guys yeah. are the best of the best. Yep, yep. Not going to be so easy. Why don't you go back um, to, to selling ads and making commercials about lucky strikes, Draper? Yeah, exactly. Go back to your fucking, uh, you know, your your Polaroid carousel or whatever yeah. the hell your your stupid nostalgic uh, advertising campaign has, has gotten uh, cooking up over there. Um so um so anyway so uh, a little bit after that they um they have their first big showdown yeah. uh, uh in the in the um you know detention center yes. uh where uh where Don Draper gets to question Doug um oh, man. and that's a wow scene. what yeah oof. I mean Draper let me let me let me ask Affleck. you this Chris yeah when you saw Draper and Affleck square off did it get, did it remind you at all of when De Niro and Pacino bear with me here. Do you remember when De Niro and Pacino meet for the first time in the movie Heat? Seven years in Folsom. In the hole for three. McNeil before that. McNeil is tough as they say. You looking to become a penologist? Oh, God. Sure. I mean, whew. yeah. I mean, one of the great showdowns. Mano a mano, yeah, just you know. a couple of sharks in the tank. Yep. Oh man. So uh, I would say this is right up there with the, the Pacino lion De Niro. and the lion tamer just going exactly. at exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so awesome. Um, Doug is is uh, you know acting all you know all cool and um, you know he doesn't he you know he's 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 a badass. He's a pro, so he doesn't um, you know wilt at all under the pressure. Wilt, yeah, even, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> e- even even when uh, Special Agent Frawley uh, threatens him with prison rape, um, which uh, uh, person personally is a uh, a movie trope that I love. Um, any any time a, uh, a law enforcement officer uh, threatens a suspect with prison rape, uh-huh. very cool. Very cool. Um, very, yeah, very um, sensitive. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, of course, you know, Affleck being uh, uh, being a, a real cool customer, you know, he he uh, escapes that confrontation. I would say on top, um, you know, gets to uh, gets to leave um, the the detention uh, facility and then. Uh, go back to uh, oh so then um, let's see I, after that should we talk a little bit about oh so basically oh man there's so much to talk about here so I think it's a little short shortly after this when um, Doug goes to Claire and is like hey um, you know I know we've like known each other for like you know a week or two now probably um, we've had sex mm. which means like we're pretty much married do you want to Wait, drop remind- your whole life Remind me where we are in the timeline of events. So at this point, we've robbed one or two banks. So this is after the second robbery. Okay, so we robbed um, the truck. Yeah, robbed the truck. Um, Fenway Park is uh, not, maybe on the radar. We're thinking Fen- Fenway Park is in the works at this okay. point. It's it's kind of on the back burner, but it's but it's in the works right um, now. We're just focused. Fer- on Fergie love. the florist is is developing on, on that. But right, so now we're turning back towards the the romantic uh, uh, you know plot line yeah. here. Um, uh, so Affleck, um, and you know, so by, by this point, like he's, he's, uh, Doug the townie is like sort of starting to realize like, I need to get out of here. I'm a robber, but I have a heart of gold. I, you know, I, I, I re- you know, I'm a good person. So I realize that, you know, what I'm doing is technically illegal, um, maybe wrong. And, but most of all, like, um, this town is a piece of shit yeah. and like all of my friends and, um, and the girl that I have been having sex with for like years now um, are like kind of like garbage people and I'm sick of them. So I want to get out of here. Um, so he goes to Claire, um, gives her a diamond ring, um, which he uh, clearly paid for with blood money, um, uh, and then um, proceeds to ask her to drop her entire life uh, in Boston and move to Florida with him. Um, and she's like, hmm, I'll think about it. Um, which I think is, um, you know, a, um, a pretty. I mean, <sighs> at that point, you know, like, like I said, we, they, they, yeah, it's it's a real power move from Affleck. You might say he's he's acting, you know, he's he's moving quickly. Um, ben, so isn't but, this this is the uh, this is the scene from Goodwill Hunting where Affleck goes like he's like, uh, you know, people wake up every day and tell themselves they're going to do something different with their life and they never do. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to mm-hmm. actually change my life. Right, um, exactly. It, that's the scene where Affleck tells Damon that he needs to quit his construction job, right? And it's mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. the same scene in the sequel where he tells Claire that she needs to move to Florida with him, correct? This is very this is very important. So Ben Affleck, um, you know, uh, of course, uh, was born and raised in Boston. He loves Boston. Um, clearly, the city is a real muse for him. Uh, a lot of his movies are, are based uh, uh, in Boston and are about Boston. Um, and his two best movies, um, Goodwill Hunting and its sequel, The Town, yeah. uh, are, are basically about um, people realizing that Boston is a piece of shit and they need to leave. Wow. Um, which is, um, 
you know, uh, like I, mean, it's a I don't bold, really know what it's a I don't really know what that means. I don't know exactly what what Affleck is like working out there. Um, but man, like when I watch movies uh, like these, it, it it just reminds me Boston, greatest town on earth, um, best city in America, best city mm. uh, in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just I applaud Affleck for. Um, for the way that he really pays homage that to the sort of to the place, to his hometown. Introspection. That's that that self awareness. It's like I love this place. I'm from this place, but I got to get out of this place too. Exactly. All these people are pieces of shit, and I wow. need to leave and go as far away as possible. Okay. Um, so let's see. So oh, so then there's the big showdown between uh, Doug and Jim in the cemetery. All you give a fuck about is Coke and Xbox. Now you're trying to play it off like you care about Shine. Come on now. You know what your fucking problem is? What? You think you're better than people? Uh huh. Mr. Fucking Clean, Mr. Fucking Goddamn Hide and Mighty, right? Yep, I'm better than all these people. Yeah, You're right. That's I'm what better you than anybody in this fucking you grew project. Up right here. Same rules that I did. You think you're better than me? Do you think you're better than me? Where's my daughter? <gasps> yeah, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, um, Man, yeah. I've never. Um, God, I guess I've never really heard that expression before, but it is sort of a very Bostonian expression, isn't it? You think you're oh, better yeah. than me? Oh, when I was living there, that's we we would say that to each other all the time. Yeah. You know, we would go out to the bar, maybe catch a Sox game, you know, go out and have some beers yeah, afterward. You're better uh, than me. Yeah. And then just yeah, start fights in bars by asking strangers, "You think you're better than me?" Right. Um, classic, classic Boston move. Um, so, I think at this point we should talk about um, a really important aspect of Doug's story and his character. Okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, about his girlfriend uh, or his former girlfriend, Krista, mm-hmm. um, played by my dream woman. Um, Enough, ben. Uh, Blake, Blake, Blake Lively. Uh, so she also has a daughter uh, named Shine. Do, um, do we know? Um, do we know the father? Of, yeah. Can uh, we can we talk a little bit about Shine's paternity? origin, sure. paternity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, do, what do we know about that? I guess it's a little unclear. I guess the, the the writers of this film, the town, you know, they they let us know kind of subtly that Blake Lively's character has, I guess you'd say, has been with a few different men over the course of her life, and mm-hmm. it's a little unclear who Krista, played by Blake Lively, who the father of her child is. Right, and, shine, and that sort of hovers over the Affleck Lively relationship throughout the entirety of the film. Is Affleck right. the dad of? Is Affleck Shine's father? And we never really get any sort of clear answer about that. Affleck remains pretty adamant that he is not the dad. That so that's the thing. We yeah. don't know the answer to the question, except Affleck does know the answer. Mm. He has he has decided himself that he's simply not the father. Yes. Um, e- even though, even though he himself says um, he was fucking her, uh, meaning meaning Krista, um, and he wasn't the only one. Um, and then he says uh, at one point he tells Jem, "quote There aren't enough free clinics in Mattapan to figure out who the father of that kid is." Honestly, um, man, this is beginning to feel a bit like a character assassination. I know how you feel about Blake Lively. And I know you've said repeatedly now on this podcast that she is your dream woman, the Uh, woman that you would leave your wife for. And 
I won't I won't allow you just to to besmirch the good name of Ben Affleck on this podcast. Ben has said repeatedly that he is not that child's father. Does he need to take a paternity test? No. Why should he, Ben? Like his word yeah. is his honor. Okay? Like he, this is Doug McRae. Listen, Doug is a good guy and he's trying to change his life for the better. And here's the thing. Which it, which means that he's gonna have to um, completely disown uh, a child that may, in fact, be his. Um, but he, you know what? That is just a big weight around his neck. He can't be bothered with um, with stuff like that. Um, you know, he has known uh, Krista his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he actually lives in her home, or or maybe it's Jem's home. Mm. At one point, the FBI agent says that Doug, uh, they all live in the same house together. Um I think that at, that at one point, Jem um, makes a reference to the fact that, or no, uh, Doug makes a reference to the fact that after his father uh, went away to prison, uh, Jem's uh, family really took Doug in and kind of made them part of the family, um, which is kind of curious because it basically means he's been fucking his sister sure. um, uh, the entire time and uh, may or may not have had a child with her. Um, but you know what? Th- these are all just little hassles in Doug's life. Um and if he's going to change and grow as a person, as a man, mm. um, and and improve his life, um, he's going to simply have to, um, uh, you know, decide that that he uh, that that these people are not his problem. He can't be weighed um, down by them. But I'll say this, yeah. Ben. Let me say this. Anyone who's ever watched The Town knows that Ben Affleck loves that child shine and like it's his own. And you'll recall a very poignant scene uh, pre-Fenway uh, Park at a certain mm. hotel room. where mm-hmm, The hotel room where scene. Krista we should definitely talk about up, that. Where Krista shows up with, with, with her baby, Shine, mm-hmm. and Affleck very calmly but firmly dismisses them and shoves them out of the room and says, you have to think about Shine. You, yes. you know what I mean? And like, yeah, he's looking out for that kid. That's what I want. That's what I want in my hero. That's what I want in my love. You know, like when, yeah. when I fall truly head over heels in love with an action star, but I want that man to, to very decisively and firmly tell the woman that um, she needs to go take care of her child. Exactly. It's, it's such a, it's such a manly, um, and, and heroic move on yes. Doug's part. So Krista comes to the hotel room, begs him one last time uh, to to basically save her and and her yes. slash his daughter um, by by allowing them to go away with him. Not even at this just point, save the daughter. Do- yeah, it's like save me, save me, Affleck, save me. I mean, yeah, those aren't the exact lines, but the essence of that scene is just Affleck, save me. You're a right. You're a hero. I mean, Krista, you're a heartthrob. You're a bank robber. Yeah. save me and allow me to go to Florida. Krista's a drug addict and an alcoholic and a criminal in her own right. Um, she totally knows full well flaws, that totally normal yeah. flaws. Listen, she knows that um, that that if she sticks around in Charlestown, uh, she and her daughter are um, probably probably gonna either wind up in prison or or dead. Um, so she goes to Doug with one final plea. Um, uh, but you know, Doug, uh, knowing that he can't be dragged down by these inconveniences, uh, grabs her, slams her against the wall of his hotel room, uh, in view of her slash possibly his daughter, uh, making Shine burst into tears. Um, and when the child begins to cry, um, Doug handles it um, the way any uh, you know 
a brave, intelligent, uh, good-hearted person would. He picks the child up um, and, and takes her out of the room, drops her in the hallway, goes back in, grabs Krista, forcibly uh, moves, uh, throws her out of the room, slams the door on her face, and just Let's washes his hand last, of the entire you, situation. You think you're better than me. And slams yeah. the door. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, really, he is the, the bank robber with the heart of gold. It's it's the move that he had to make. Um, it's the move that that you know any such any a good person any guy would make. I would I would obviously do the same thing if were I in that situation. I, I hope I would you know yeah. ha- have the courage and the uh, and the fortitude he to make to make that kind of a decision. A brave bank robber. Yeah, I mean, he's just doing what's right. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so then um, let's see. At a can certain I, point, can I, can I nudge us, uh, Ben, slowly towards Fenway Park, just for the sake of time? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about Fenway. So, how do we get to Fenway? Um, wh- like, what what events transpire? Basically, um, Jeremy Renner, um, uh, Affleck's best friend, and you know, old childhood buddy says, "I need one more." Basically, he's like, "I need one more from you. I need one last mm-hmm. job." And Affleck's like, no, I'm going to take an Amtrak uh, and go to Florida. I can't. I'm starting over. I've fallen in love. And he's like, mm-hmm. and Renner essentially gives him, you think you're better than me. And oh, yeah. He, he lays the whole sob story. I went to prison for yeah. nine years for you. Yeah. And Affleck is like, okay, you got me. One more job. One more job. And then yeah. that is it, dude. That's it, That's man. It. After that, it's, yeah. this has got to be the last one. Cause one and done. I'm going to Florida. And... Yeah. So they decide to rob Fenway Park. Because you know what this is, Chris? This is, this is a Boston movie, okay? This is a movie for people from Boston, mm. for Boston, mm. by Boston. Mm. And what is in Boston? The Boston Red Sox, Red Sox. who play at Fenway Park. God. It's a baseball stadium. It's famous. It's in Boston. Real quick, Fenway. Ben, since this if is you a, haven't heard of it, look this, it up. It's in Boston. This is a sports podcast. I know today we are doing uh, the Rewatchables, which is a film mm-hmm. podcast. But normally we talk the Rewatchables, so, a new original podcast series I just that think we have maybe invented. Maybe it would be appropriate now. Just, I mean, Fenway Park. Let's talk about some of the Bostonian sports legends. We got Larry Bird. We got Big mm. Poppy. We got Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Kevin McHale. Right. We. We, mm. we think of Bill Russell. Gronk. Can I get a Gronk? Oh, Gronk. What about Roger Clemens, right? Mm. Um, um, how about how about uh, Dustin Pedroia and those Red Sox? Sure. Pedro Martinez. All the Bobby great, Orr. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. All the great Bostonian sports icons. And we are going to rob the Mecca. The Mecca of Boston sports. Mm-hmm. Fenway Park. The chapel. Oh, my The chapel God. of Boston. The crown jewel of Boston, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's rob it of all the money in there because it has lots of money in there. Oh, it's yeah. It's a sports oh, yeah. stadium, but also cathedral. it has a lot of money inside of it, too, because it's also a mm-hmm. bank. Yeah. And it's in Boston. <laughs> it's in Boston. So, oh man, so cool, so up, audacious. We, I mean, who would have who would have ever thought to rob Fenway Park? We come up with a little scheme, and we're gonna rob Fenway Park. And the idea is basically what Ben? We're gonna dress up, and we're gonna look like <clears throat> dead ringers for Boston yeah. PD. 
These guys love their costumes. Holy cow. Um, That's probably yeah, the previous... most underrated part of their robbery style is the mm-hmm. costumes. These guys love dress-up parties. Their previous robbery, they dressed up as nuns. What about um, number, this time? robbery number one? They were incredibly scary, what, goblins? Yeah, like, they were like Halloween demons. demons? I don't know. Some, yeah, they dressed yeah, up as demons. With like dreadlocks? Yes. I don't know. Predator? It was like the, yeah, they were dressed up like the Predator. And then for robbery number two, the truck, they yep. dress up nuns. as scary nuns with like the weird Nuns faces. with machine guns. Yep. Yep. And then um, for robbery number three, for robbery number three, we're going as cops. Mm-hmm. So they stroll into Fenway Pack. They are dressed like cops, and they are wearing those cool aviator shades. Oh, yeah. They look so cool in those shades, man. And what do you know? The thing is, Ben, when you're dressed up like a cop, no one really cares. You just walk in. Mm-hmm. No one really, like, asks you who you are or, like, can I see some ID? They're just like, I'm a cop, and they walk in. And then mm-hmm. what do you know? Before you know it, they're walking down the hallway, and someone on their on their robbery team cuts the cameras, right? They cut. Oh, they yeah. pull some wires. All of a sudden, all the cameras go down. Yeah, the camera guy is doing his job. And and before you know it, before you know it, these guys are walking down a hall and they're like, did someone did someone uh, call the cops? Did someone call the cops? We heard there was something about a robbery. Did someone call the cops? And then the actual cops who are guarding the safe, the Fenway Park cops, the real cops are like, what are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about, dude? And then all of a sudden they're like, Everyone's pulling their guns like get on the ground, get on the ground. And then they mm. and then they handcuff the Fenway Park cops and they rob Fenway Park of all that. Incredible. Money. They take all the money from the park. Uh such a scene, the tension, the like I said, the audacity to yes. to to dress up as cops and then rob cops. Incredible. Man. Um, and one so of, badass. One, one of the key things that they do, they always do this when they when they burglarize a, a bank or a, a baseball stadium in this case. They know they know the family history of the person who controls the vault. Oh, these guys are pros. They do their research. So they bang yeah. on the door and they're like, Mar- Marty McCree, we know you're in there. We know your wife is named Janice, and you live at twenty-two twelve. You know, f- no, no, no. For the for the guys in the vault, it's it's Linda. Oh, great, yeah. It's wife Linda, and then the other guy also has a wife named Linda, which is such a classic wow. Boston thing. Because classic if you've lived Boston. there like I have, yeah. every every woman there yeah. is named Linda. It's hilarious. Wow. When I when I heard that, I was like. Oh, oh man. man, these guys, these guys are really understand they really, the neighborhood. They know, they know Boston. They just nail it. They nail every little detail like that because they've, you know, like so, like me, they're they're real Bostonians. So naturally, they the the guys controlling the the safe, they totally cower. I mean, they're like, oh my god, oh, yeah. these guys know the names of our wives. We're they done. know the Lindas. We're it's done. Game over. It's, Open up the safe. Here's all the money, let's boys. Just cooperate because this is bad news. So then, yeah. Affleck and runner they stock up their duffel bag with all that loot i'm talking mm-hmm. a couple million bucks that sweet sweet moolah They're throwing all those dollar bills into inside that inside that duffel bag and then they put on those aviators they pull up their their little the little scarf thingy that they have that they, they have the boston pd like turtleneck thing mm-hmm, little turtleneck yep and then they get right in that elevator and all of a sudden ben they're just strolling through fenway park rolling their big old duffel bag 
Yep, no one batting an eye at them. Now, what's the getaway vehicle here, Ben? How are they going to get out of this? How are they going to get out of this stadium with this big thing of of money? I think it's time for a costume change. What are you talking about? (laughs) Hey, you thought there was only going to be one dress-up costume? No, no. We We got a costume change. They go from cops to... Ambulance people. EMTs. Oh my. EMTs. Ben, in the words of Don Draper, this is a pro job. Yeah, this is the not fucking around crew. Oh They've got all the God. costumes to a T. You know, all the little uh, uniforms and details of the outfits are are perfect, spot on. They look like uh, so you know real start, deal EMTs. They just start pulling off their cop gear, and underneath that, they're dressed up like EMTs. Like they just so cool. work in a freaking ambulance all the time. Yep, an ambulance filled with moolah, cash, so, cold hard cash. So the greenbacks. So then we're in this ambulance, and then what happens? All of a sudden. Well, here's the thing, Chris. Mm-hmm. They they would have gotten away because they planned this thing. You know, uh, to, to just. The yeah, down to the very last detail. They nailed all of it, and they would have gotten away with it. What happened? If it weren't for what? that damn conniving woman, the girlfriend, the aforementioned girlfriend, mother of Doug's no. possible child. That's right. No. She's a she's a rat. A snitch? After, yep, after she's, she's uh, a slammed rat? In, in, after she is slammed into the wall and she and her daughter are uh, forcibly thrown out of a hotel room, she decides, you know what? That's the last straw. She's, I'm talking to the cops. She's working with the cops. Yeah. Are you a rat? Yeah. Are you a freaking rat? Oh, are you a rat? Oh, my yeah. God. Exactly. Wow. So Krista yeah. wound up snitching on Affleck. Krista snitches, what is which she, is, uh, she God, just such an annoying fucking woman like why why what are you doing like here's the thing about we're about to rob fenway this is gonna be awesome i understand where you're coming from there ben but here's the thing if Mm. we're gonna yeah if we're gonna be able to have compassion and empathy for affleck and his shortcomings and his Mm -hmm. personal short like failures and issues then we have to have the same level of compassion for krista even though Krista, yes, she struggles from massive addiction issues. She's not trustworthy. She can sometimes be selfish. She also is, yes, flawed. And whatever, she did what she thought would, what was best. You know, she cooperated with the cops. She was interested in trying to protect her daughter, even if it meant Affleck got in trouble. And so, yes, maybe she did snitch. Maybe she did snitch on Affleck and Renner and the boys. That's what she had to do for her daughter, Shine. I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I still don't forgive her. Oh, I, my you know, God. Fran- you Fran- are I mean, ruthless, listen, dude. She is you my dream woman. the woman of your dreams. And then, I like, know, that, I know. You're just flipping on her. You're flipping on her like she flipped on Affleck and went to the cops. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very torn about it, I don't know how it, you're Chris. any better than, I don't know how you're any better than Lively herself. I mean, God, it's it's tough because she is so hot, but also it's like, man, God. they they she really ruined all the fun that those boys were just trying to have. So wait, um, what exactly did she tell the cops? She basically just said she not- just tells them the entire plan. She's like, there's um, ice going down. Because here's the thing: these guys are mastermind mastermind criminals. So there's no way that um, they're way too good for the for the FBI. 
um, uh, like uh, you know Don Draper, Special Agent Frawley. Like, there's no way he ever would have uh, caught these guys um, if it weren't for her just spilling the beans. Why did um, Draper leave that freaking firm, man? He had everything going for him in the ad business, and then he decides to become an FBI cop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Curious move. Blew it. But um, yeah. Anyway, so he. Uh, so he surrounds Fenway with his, uh, you know, uh, army of uh, police officers and, and, and SWAT members. Um, uh, and then Doug, you know, realizes pretty quickly that something is up, yep. that they're actually surrounded by cops. Um, a massive shootout ensues. Um, and, uh, yeah, lo and behold, uh, the the third of the uh, three robberies uh, that we see in this film um, uh, turns out to be a total debacle. Um, even though these guys are pros, uh, you know, you can never overcome, uh, a conniving woman, uh, snitching on you and your boys. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they get, they get surrounded. Um, uh, one of the guys that the young guy gets shot and killed. Um, then at one point, so I really liked how, um, the driver, like the getaway driver guy, the, uh, aforementioned, uh, Glones, yeah. uh, character, at one point, he's like, um, during the shootout, he's like, hey, guys, I have an idea. Yeah. Um, this is after the first guy gets killed, and it's just the three of them. Yeah. It's just Glones and Jem and Doug. And Glones is like, hey, 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 I have a, I have a plan. I'll get in the ambulance and drive out the door mm. um, so that you guys can escape out the side. Um, now, keep in mind, uh, Doug and Jem know full well that this means that Glones is going to get completely fucking annihilated by the army of cops and SWAT. A sacrificial lamb, Ben. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they're smart guys. They're like, yeah, this is a good plan. Cool. Let's do it. Cool. Um, so, um, the, uh, the fourth member of their team, uh, who presumably they've, you know, known for all their lives and have, uh, worked with and, um, and, um, you know, ha- have a, a deep and, and long relationship with, um, uh, they're like, yeah, sure. Go, go on, uh, drive out outside. Um, so Glones does that. He gets completely, uh, destroyed by the cops um uh which doesn't actually really turn out to be that necessary because uh jem and doug just changed into back into their cop uniforms like kind of off to the side um so i'm not entirely sure why clones had to do that but hey you know whatever um so so he's he's gone and then it's just down to uh to our two heroes uh doug and jem um a uh, you know a chase ensues uh, with uh, with Jem running out into the street pursued by uh, Don Draper. Um, I don't know if you if you want to talk a little bit about yeah, we need to the incredibly this. touching uh, death scene. So it's interesting, Ben. The movie comes in at 124 minutes, but you and I had the good fortune to watch the extended cut. Yeah. Right. Well, any real f- fans, any any real town heads out there know that you got to watch the extended cut. You watch cut. the extended cut every single time. And yeah. so I guess in the extended cut, um, there was like an additional like 30 or 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. it's the thing is, it's such a tight movie. You kind of wonder like, where, like, how did they ever cut this thing down? Like, where, oh, yeah. where, where were they possibly removing footage from? And it's like, when you see that, when you see that Jeremy Renner's death scene, it is such a tragedy because, you know, that is probably where they did a little trimming. And the Renner death scene is literally incredible. Um, it's one of the most dramatic, exquisite performances I've seen from a robber. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I can't. I mean, let's just let's just talk about it here. Um, we have, uh, like you said, Draper and Renner firing rounds of ammunition at each other in live mm-hmm. tra- in, in live traffic. Um, yep. It's absolutely in broad in broad daylight. Broad daylight. Yep. At one point, I remember uh, Renner is hiding behind like a postal box. Mm-hmm. Um, he grabs a soda, drinks a sip of the soda. Uh, yeah. That one final sip of sweet, sweet soda lying on the sidewalk. Let me get one last sip, Draper. Yeah, it's kind of like having like a final smoke, you know? Yeah. It's like his one last taste of the sweet life before it's all over. It's just an incredible scene, man. It's uh, it's an incredible it's an incredible scene. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It moved me to tears. Um, uh, pretty much every time I watch it, it, it moves moves me to tears. I got a and controversial thing to ask here, but I mean, mm. this is the rewatchables, Ben. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you were you rooting for Draper or Renner in that scenario? Oh, of course you're rooting for Renner every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how can you not? He's you know. It's just like the thing is, Draper has just failed every time. And it's like, wow, he's finally gonna get his pound of flesh or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I guess I am still rooting for Renner, e- even after all the awful things that he's been through and all the awful things that he's sometimes done. But um, yeah, well, here's the thing: I would say that if Renner is a necessary sacrifice in order to yeah. save Doug. I will. I will happily give up Renner. Um, that's just you know, as as, that, as that, much as I love Jem, as much as you're willing you know, to make. Yeah. Listen, Jem is a great guy. You, you know, you're rooting for him the entire time, over and over again. He proves that he's a, a man of uh, of of really um, you know beautiful character yeah. inside and out. Um, so you hate to see him die at the hands of the uh, awful cops. But you know what? If it means that our hero Doug can get away to live his uh his happily ever after life in florida then you know i'm i'm sorry but it's a sacrifice i'm willing to make yeah you know totally agree so um after renner's death oh mm. and we should say poor affleck has to watch the whole thing unfold he sees oh, him, so heartbreaking he sees him get gunned down in traffic yeah. dressed up yeah. as a cop yeah and it is truly heartbreaking because y- yeah you just you see it and that's his brother right there, you know? That's how does uh, that's, that's the guy that uh, how, how does Affleck get his revenge? What's he do? Well, he goes to the florist's shop. Oh, yeah. And he has a little conversation with our friend Fergie. Now, Fergie mm-hmm. is the one who um our boys Renner and Affleck basically uh they 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 had to cut they had to give Fergie a cut of all their robberies. Right. And Fergie's kind of the mastermind. He's the guy that sets up all the jobs exactly. for them. And Fergie, yeah. f- there was a very dramatic confrontation before Fenway Park happened when Affleck said, listen, Fergie, I'm out, okay? I just want to go to Florida. I've met a bank attendant. I love her very much. And yeah, we're just listen, I'm go a to good Florida guy, together. and I'm trying to clean up my life. And yeah. he's like, not so fast. You're going to do this. I know. I knew your dad, and I knew your mom. And he says a lot of very insensitive things that I'm not even going to bring up on this podcast. No, 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 we shouldn't. Yeah. But basically, Affleck goes back to the florist shop and has a little surprise for Fergie. And let's just say he he uh, he shoots him in a very sensitive area on his body. Yeah. 
Yeah. And <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how he's It's important that we word this really delicately because it's a yeah, it's a really powerful scene. Um I don't think we should give anything away uh about where exactly um Doug the Townie shoots Fergie, but let's just say it is it um a lot. Yeah, and it's a really powerful moment um in the film. So we're not going to spoil it for anyone for out there. For any man. And also, if you were to shoot a woman in this area, it would, also, it would also be painful for her. So man or woman, it would be very painful to be shot in this area. And then, mm-hmm. and then he kills Fergie. And yeah. Um, yeah, so he does wind up getting, you know, he does wind up getting payback for, oh, yeah. for his, for losing his best friend, Jeremy Renner, for his dad being in prison, for all the insensitive, awful things Fergie said about Affleck's mom. He gets his mm-hmm. payback. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so now we're moving towards the final, you know, the, the final chapter the, of the film. Here. Yeah, the climax of the movie. So what happens? All, so, the, all the action is done. The only last like little Affleck, loose end to tie up. It looks like is, Affleck's going to get away after all. He's dressed mm-hmm. up as a cop. He does have his money, and he gets away. Draper, he eludes Draper once more. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to his apartment, and who does he call then? He calls his girlfriend, the Claire. love of his life. The love of his life, who by now has been told by the FBI um, his true identity um, and, uh, and is uh, being surveilled uh, and, and is working with the FBI um, because they now know that uh, they, they know of, their, of Claire and Doug's relationship. Uh, and that she's basically know that an she accomplice. Lied to the FBI, and that Correct. she, a woman, is basically as bad as bank robbers and can go mm-hmm. to jail if she doesn't cooperate with the FBI. Right, and right. And so they basically blackmail and they use leverage on her. <laughs> How the tables have turned. Affleck, oh yeah, they strong arm her big time. Affleck once said she had the leverage. Well, now they have the leverage. They yeah. say Claire. If you don't cooperate with us and give us Affleck, then you're gonna probably go to jail or something. So, yeah. so um, they know they're waiting on Affleck at this point. They know he's a sucker and he loves her yeah. so much, and they know he's they've, gonna call. They've her. set a, they've set a little trap. They're all gathered. All the so gather uh, at the, the FBI guys gather at Claire's are, are, apartment and they're waiting and they. They're, they're waiting and they're spying and they, they, they're, they have the phones all tapped. So Affleck calls and he's like, babe, um, I did it. You know, like, he, you know, he's telling her like he got, well, what exactly did he say? <laughs> what, what did he say? Well, so let's back up a little bit here sure. because I think this is important. So after Claire finds out that, um, that he is, in fact, the guy that robbed and kidnapped her um, and then uh, had sex with her, she's upset about that. She's not happy. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, when she learns this news, yeah. um, so she's like crying and stuff. Next time, wait, um, wait, hold on. Why was she upset again? I guess because uh, Affleck well, wasn't truthful about the fact. Well, that yeah, he was no. A te- technically, here's the thing: Affleck never actually lies to Claire. He just kind of doesn't really well, tell her the full he just truth. Admits a lot of the truth. Yeah, which is what, exactly. But he, he never, he never flat he out was lies. The guy that held her hostage. Yeah, that he's the guy that uh, traumatized her, her uh, robbed her bank. He was her captor and, and took her hostage. Right. Right. 
um, and then posed as a uh, normal, nice guy uh, in the neighborhood. Perfectly normal, um, nice boyfriend from right. Southie or Charlestown. Yeah. Yeah, who who took advantage of her uh, severe uh, emotional instability, by, and then had sex with her. Um, but then later, not so big, she's not you not know, a big deal, but whatever. Yeah. So listen, they have they have a fight. Okay, they have a little tiff. Uh, the standard, next time, like pretty yeah. standard relationship stuff. The next time he comes over to her house, she's like, "That's not cool. I don't want to see you again." Um, you know, whatever. A minor fight. Um, like maybe a day or two later, uh, she's uh, Claire's in her garden because um, she's uh, you know a really good person who likes gardening. Sure. Um, and um, and Affleck comes up to her and says, uh, you know, he's he's basically trying. He's begging for forgiveness. Um, he says, yeah, he's like, I didn't Claire, mean to rob you. It's just yeah. Right. He says, Claire, I would never hurt you. Right. Um, which you know, technically, already he has done. Um, yeah, uh, I would never, I would never lie to you. Uh, he actually says, "I will, I will never lie to you again." I promise you, which is an important the little again yeah. uh, that he slips in there is 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 key. Good qualifier. Um, yeah, and then so he's and then so she's like, "Okay, maybe I'll think about it." And he's like, "Hey, ask me some questions. I'll tell you anything you want to know." And she's like, "Okay, fine. I'll play your game. How many banks have you robbed?" And he says, six trucks, two banks." Mm. Um, uh, and then she says, now this is important. She says, have you ever killed anyone? Wow. And Doug, very solemnly, very kind of proudly, but like not too obviously proudly, you know, shakes his head and says, no. Badge of honor, he's, baby. He's not a bad guy. He doesn't do that kind of Just thing. Just because I'm a bank he doesn't, robber doesn't make me a murderer, Claire. Exactly. He's He may be, he, he may be a... a piece of shit two-bit criminal but he's not a bad guy um he drinks juice at the bar he's just a normal um, freaking janitor at mit claire like yeah it. listen he has he he has sex with his baby mama krista but he doesn't enjoy it he drinks juice he's trying to clean up his life um he's not a bad guy um and uh so you know after she hears this incredible claire is kind of like you know what yeah yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll forgive you. Maybe I'll think about coming away with you to Florida after all, um, because you know you are a big hunk and um, you are you know tall and handsome. Um, and uh, so he just reiterates also, to her one last I have time: like no dreams and aspirations of my own. I'll just throw all that stuff. Yeah, aside. I don't have a life here. Oh yeah, I'm earlier sh- in the movie, she she quits her job at the bank um, and is like, and, and he's like, oh, what are you gonna do? And she's like, oh, I don't really know. My I might go back to happiness. to volunteering, volunteering full time, or maybe go back to teaching. You know, she's just kind of like got nothing going on. My personal so happiness isn't important. The, what's important yeah. is the personal happiness and growth of my bank robber boyfriend. Yeah. She is a free agent. She is just waiting for someone to tell her what to do. Um, so uh, so Doug uh, says, think about it. Uh, I will never lie to you. I will never hurt you. Also, um, I'm a bank which, robber, but I have a heart yeah. cold. Which are two things that he has 100% already done to her. Um, but he says, just wait for me. Um, and you can tell by the look in her eyes at that point that she's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to get down with this. Jesus. So, wow. So cut back to her apartment. Um, uh, they're on the phone. He's, he says to her, um, Claire, um, you know, I just robbed Fenway. It was awesome. All my friends got killed, but I'm cool. I'm totally safe. It's totally gonna, awesome. Uh, yeah. It was so sick. We were in Fenway park where the Boston Red Sox you know, played baseball. Poppy. 
Oh, and by the way, the game uh, that was happening when they robbed Fenway was against the New York Yankees. Wow. Yankees suck. Wow. Red Sox rule. Yankees suck. Um, A-Rod sucks. I'm talking about yeah. Big Poppy. Manny Jeter Ramirez. sucks. Big Poppy. Yeah. World champs. Go um, Yeah, go Sox. So he's like, yeah, I robbed Fenway. It's all good. I'm safe. I'm going to go to Florida. Do you want to come with me? Right. And meanwhile, he's spying on her because somehow he's in the apartment right across the street. Binoculars, from her. baby! I'm looking binocs. through binoculars. He's got the binocs I'm out through binoculars, and I yeah, can he sees see all the cops, Draper, and all of his copper friends in right. your living room, Claire. So she's like, "Oh, you should come here. It's totally safe. I promise you, there's no cops anywhere near me or in my apartment." Wink. Why don't you come here to meet me? Wink, wink. And he's like, "Oh no, she's she's working yeah. with the cops. Yeah. She doesn't love me." And he's like really, really sad and bummed out. And yeah. he's like, I don't get it. I thought this girl was into me. We had sex Florida. after I robbed and kidnapped yeah. her. We were going to go to Florida. I thought we were all good. And he's really bummed out and, and, and kind of crestfallen. But then right before they hang up, she gives him a little clue. She says, I really want to see you, Doug. It's just going to be like one of my sunny days. Now, earlier in the movie, she tells a story about how her younger brother had died on a day that was really sunny. So Affleck knows from that little that little telling line that she's actually tipping him off yeah. to uh, not come to her apartment. And he's like, a little smile mm. creeps across his face. Mm. And he's like... Oh baby, she still is into me. In baseball, this is on. Baseball, it's happening. In baseball terms, this is called tipping a pitch, right? You're like yeah, signaling to exactly. your teammate, "Hey, secret. I got a little secret for you. Got a little secret. I know what pitcher's coming. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fastball, baby." Oh, great use of of, of the baseball analogy there, Chris. Because um, yeah, we're talking about the Boston Red Boston Sox, Red the Sox. baseball yeah, team. Yankees, Fenway, Go Sox. Yeah. Yeah, Yankees suck. Um, so yeah, um, uh, so so Affleck is like sick. She's still into me. This is happening. She's not a cop. This is great. Yeah, she's not a cop. She's not gonna rat me out like my dumb other uh, girlfriend who we won't won't mention uh, who has uh, you know like a, sh- a stupid kid that isn't even mine. Lively so I'm has forgetting really about her. Fallen down the ranks at this. Point. Oh God. I will never forgive her for what she did. Yeah. Um, so, so Affleck is like, sweet, hangs up. Um, oh, uh, one before he leaves town, one last costume change <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. He decides to um, uh, change from a police officer to an MBTA uh, yeah. uh, tra- a train station train, uh, like conductor employee. Guy or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not because he's posing as the conductor of the train. He's just a, a passenger on the train. So there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for him to wear this uniform. So the impetus there is it's... But he has it. He just has it lying. He just has it hung up in his closet. And he's like, ooh, is, here's one more costume. I work on the train, but uh, this is not my shift. I'm just... Uh, right. I'm, just ri- I'm riding the train like everyone else. But just I won't, so, won't be clipping your ticket, but I also just know I'm a train yeah. guy. Like, I work on trains. But I'm definitely not a, I'm this, definitely not a robber. This isn't my I'm shift. I'm definitely not a bank this Robber. is not my shift, yeah. so don't right. ask me anything about being a train guy. Can't correct. Right. I'm off duty. Off I'm duty. not working right now. Just I'm just riding the train like a normal passenger, but I happen to still be in my uniform. Yep, I'm on. But a, I am. I'm on a three-day Amtrak train ride to go mm-hmm. to Florida Keys. And right, the old Amtrak train yep. from Boston to Miami, sure. um, which you know we've all ridden. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, he, he just wants to make it very clear: not a robber. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not just rob Fenway Park oh, or or any banks. I am a, a simple uh, MBTA employee. Normal trained man. Um, yeah. You can you can tell I'm not a robber by my uniform because a bank robber would never wear this uniform. Right. So he really throws uh, all the other cops off the scent with that. Bank a robbers stro- only stroke. wear ski masks and have yep. guns and say, this is a robbery. No. Yeah, this guy, exactly. he is just like a normal train guy. Yeah. He's going to have a baseball hat on and his yep. uh, MBTA uniform yep. carrying a giant duffel bag, which is definitely not filled with Gosh. money. Um, nope. So um, so he, uh, he escapes. But one last move mm. before he uh, hops on that train is to leave a little gift behind for the love of his life, um, Claire. Uh, I am talking about uh, the what I like to call the Shawshank Redemption ending, Chris. Oh. Where, um, of course, another classic Boston movie, Shawshank Redemption. Yep. It almost made my list. It's probably like you know fifteen or twenty sure. in that range uh, on on uh, greatest Boston movies. But Shawshank, um, obvious uh, Boston classic. Of course, that movie ends um, with uh, with Tim Robbins uh, uh, bearing uh, a box of money and a little a little note for um, for his lover uh, Morgan Freeman uh, at the end of Shawshank, um, which Freeman discovers. Dear Morgan, um, are you a cop? Yeah. Are you a rat? If not, this money's for it, you. Yeah. Yeah. If not, uh, yeah, hope hope is a good thing. Maybe yeah. the best of things. Yeah. Come meet me down in Florida, and we'll get it on big time. Um, <laughs> love, so, love Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah. love Tim Robbins. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so Affleck leaves behind uh, a little present uh, for Claire, um, which she finds, uh, you know, the next day uh, when she's digging up her garden, and it's a big old uh, bag of blood-stained money. Wow. Um, and a little tangerine, which is a, a nod to a, a little detail earlier in the film mm-hmm. that Tangerine, Florida, is where uh, Affleck's you know mother may or may not have gone to or didn't go to because yep. she committed suicide. But he he thought when she was when he was a kid. Anyway, so he's like, "This is where I am. I'm going to be hanging out in Florida. Come find me, Claire. Take this. You'll do better with it than I can." By the time you read this, I'll be long gone. Not the way I planned it, but for the first time in my life, I'm leaving this city. Not can't and tell it's you so exactly ro- it's so where romantic. Claire, but why don't you take a tangerine and think about it? Yeah, um, and he and he leaves her a little note, which is really uh, just perfect. He says, um, uh, uh, the, uh, "Doug writes." Oh, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> he writes in his note, "No matter how, no matter how much, much you change, change, you still have to pay the price for the things you've done." So I got a long road. But I know I'll see you again. This side or the other. Now, to be clear, by paying the price, um, Doug means uh, going down to live completely free on a piece of beautiful waterfront property in Florida, Florida with a dock with, with a dock and a boat just doing w- absolutely whatever the fuck he pleases with all the money that he has stolen from Dear his Claire. bank robberies. Dear Claire, um, I spent my entire life robbing banks and inflicting yeah. emotional trauma on others. 
That's exactly. Why but I've got to pay the I price. I need to pay the price. That's why I'm down here in the fucking Everglades, uh, just yeah. looking out on the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, living literally like a retired person <laughs> in a vacation property. He has a fucking tangerine um, it's, and a it's, water hey, It's a hard, long road, but you know what? Uh, no matter how much you change, you've got to pay the price. Incredible. Um, Incredible. Yeah, so he's just hanging down in Florida. Um, and then the last little kicker in the movie is, what does Claire do with that giant bag of bloodstained money? Well, Chris, mm. she renovates the community ice skating rink. Incredible. As a little tribute to her main squeeze, Doug, the townie, who, of course, was a hockey player in his youth. Yes. Um, now, keep in mind, she is um, uh, still currently a suspect in a series <laughs> oh of God. large-scale robberies. She is absolutely being surveilled by the FBI, who at, at this point knows uh, that she is uh, an accomplice and an associate of, uh, of this bank robber who's uh, at large. Um, but she decides that it is going to be totally cool Whatever. and not at all suspicious yeah. to donate a huge amount of money uh, anonymously, uh, so no one will be able to figure out who it was from, uh, except for the fact that along with donating the money and renovating the ice skating rink uh, for all the kids she to play hockey on... the Doug McRae <laughs> Center for... No, 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 not Doug McRae. It's his mother. Oh, yeah. Um, his, his, his beloved late mother, uh, dearly deceased mother, uh, Linda McRae, I assume. Either Linda or Jan. I can't fucking remember what her name was, but she puts a plaque on the rink with her name, uh, with the last name McCray, um, just to make it clear to everyone that this money clearly <laughs> is the money that Doug McCray robbed uh, from Linda, the. Um, not a cop, McCray. <laughs> yeah, Linda, definitely not bloodstained money, McCray. Um, this is for all the kids out there in in Bean Town. This is for you, you know. God, these people—they—they they just do what's right, you know. It's such a, such a beautiful, touching ending oh to a beautiful, god. beautiful, touching film. Um, well, my god! It was the so, best movie of 2010. It's probably the best movie of the 2000s. I think. Yeah. Like I said, it's my top Boston film. Um, it's my top Boston film. It's, it's probably my top film. It's part, you know, like we talked about, it's bit part of the Google Hunting um, franchise. It's it's an American movie that we love. Uh, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a classic. And, um, yeah, what to say in, in closing here, Ben? Um, I'm, uh, obviously, like, I couldn't be more happy that this is the way we kicked off the Rewatchables, a new podcast from the OTL Podcast Network. Yeah, great start to the Rewatchables. I'm really excited about this new franchise um, that that we've uh, um, we've created, you know, invented completely on our new own podcast. No one else does this. I know it's again nope. like it's a bit of a bit of a lark, bit of a I don't know, just throwing something out there. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe something will stick. But anyways, it's a new uh, podcast that we've created where we we will be talking about old classic movies that are underappreciated. Yeah, some of the great uh, hidden gems out there that not enough people know about, not enough people that really no one talks about. Um, but we are here to to be the ones to talk about to them, the only them. ones. To relive them, yeah. to rewatch them, and to relove them. Yeah. Now, um, I, th- I feel like we should uh, conclude here, Chris, um, the way the movie concludes, which is actually there's one final little little epilogue um, at the very end of the film after uh, the main credits have rolled. <laughs> dedication. Yeah, this this was really the moment where I realized that this movie 
wasn't a movie. It was a true piece of art that should be treasured and cherished for all time. It's a val- uh, I mean, and this is this is a Valentine. Like this, this this should be put in museums. Yeah. Um, it should it should be appreciated the same way we appreciate you know Da Vinci and and Michelangelo. We will chisel the town into City Hall. Uh, I mean, this, yeah, this is going to go down in the pantheon of the greatest of the great, you know, Bostonian films. Yeah. So, so there's a little postscript, a little epilogue uh, following the the main credits. Um, And now remember, this is a two and a half hour long movie, um, uh, completely um, uh, 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 just celebrating and, and lionizing uh, guns, bank robbers, criminals, and, and violence, um, uh, because uh, let you know. Remember now, the, the 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 hero of the movie gets away and lives happily ever after. There's like absolutely no uh, secret uh, as to his best you know bank um, life. Yes. the message of this movie. Um, if you you know if anyone out there if you are a Doug, you know if you are someone um, who is uh, violent and, banks and and and, and yeah. someone who robs banks for a living and kills people, uh, as long as you've got a good heart, which is um, a living, and, which is a way of life, like you could do that. For yeah, a listen, this a is it's a it's a craft that's passed down from generation to generation, um, uh, and um, and it should be celebrated and it should be rewarded. Um, by uh, uh, you know, living out your your um, your life in a beautiful retirement home in Florida. Um, yeah, I guess the but, um, of the story is like if you're gonna rob banks, we don't judge that, but just do it with a good heart. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like have your heart in the right place. Like if you're gonna be yeah. a robber, no judgments. Um, right, we've all been through stuff. Like we're all dealing. Yeah. We're all dealing with our personal histories and issues in our own way, like no judge. Exactly. But just like be a good person about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree more. And so the, uh, so the, so the film concludes uh, with a little uh, text card uh, following the, the main credits at the end of the movie. And it reads, quote, Charlestown's reputation as a breeding ground for armed robbers is authentic. However, this film all but ignores the great majority of the residents of Charlestown, past and present, who are the same good and true people found most anywhere. This film is dedicated to them. Yeah. Ugh. I love I mean, that. what a what a beautiful, touching... What's the essence of that? What's that really about? That's basically saying there are lots of, like, really good, decent, amazing people who live in Charlestown, and... We want right. dedi- to we- we dedicate this depiction of insane violence to those <laughs> people. Yeah, this film is a tribute to all the good people in Charlestown. And by this one's by, for you, Charlestown. We love, yeah, we love to, you. We love you for your in, integrity. In order to, to honor those people, um, we are going to spend two and a half hours um, showing off how cool and badass uh, a, a group of piece of shit criminals are. To the people are. of Charlestown, you're upstanding, you're honorable people, and we will show you that by making a film about bank robbers and dedicating yeah. it to you. Yeah. 
Wow, Ben, this was fantastic. It's, perfect. it's really, it's I'm really glad. perfect. I mean, I think the rewatchables, um, I'm glad we kicked off the rewatchables this way. I think this was a huge success. Um, as was the town, which, uh, you know, it maybe, yes, did it, did it gross $154 million worldwide? Yes. Uh, was it a critical success? I mean, in certain circles, yes, but like, does it not, get, not enough does if you it ask get me. enough do in the podcast space? Frankly, no. So, no. Chris, this movie should have won Best Picture. It should have um, won a Webby. Like, it, sh- like, it should have won the Academy Award for Best Director, why aren't, why, Ben Affleck. Why aren't, why aren't podcasts winning Webbies and, and Emmys and the, the podcast version of Emmys for doing podcasts about the town? Like it's, it's completely perplexing to me. And I hope that we, in making this podcast today, have have begun to like right a wrong and begin to yeah. like correct an injustice, which is and more you know what? podcasts about the town. Yeah, I would, I would, I would happily uh, do another 10 episodes uh, about this movie. And uh, you know what, Chris, I'm saying right here and right now, I'm going to make a pledge to you and to all of our listeners. Okay. If, um, if our new podcast series, the rewatchables does in fact win a Webby, yeah. I will be dedicating that Webby <laughs> to the producers of the town. Wow. I, I, I pledge that to you today, here and now. And I will um, be dedicating my Webby or Emmy or literally anything that whatever, I win. Whatever it is that we win. Whatever, if I yeah, win anything, however many awards. I will be dedicating my Emmy or Webby to the city of Charlestown and the decent yeah. people of Charlestown who deserved a podcast. Yeah. Yep. Well, Ben, they do deserve it. Um, this, they're good people. This was the rewatchables. And... I'm, I'm super psyched we did it. Thank you for hopping on. Um, I don't wow. know. We haven't decided on the next uh, film that we'll be rewatching, but I look forward to uh, to, to that podcast happening, and uh, we will talk to you in short order. Fantastic, Chris. A pleasure as always. Um, what a journey we've we've gone on together we here. Um, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. This this was the rewatchables. We'll talk to you next week. Wow, that was something. Hope you guys enjoyed the rewatchables. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Send us any of your emails, thoughts, questions, whatever. Onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive, a draft, all that stuff that's up there. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Uh, enjoy the off season do something fun basketball is going to be here any day now and i will talk to you guys next week